In the past, our show has covered such fighting hits as No Retreat, No Surrender. No Retreat, No Surrender 3, Blood Brothers, and The King of the Kickboxers. But there's more to this franchise that we haven't seen. But to get to it, we're going to need a little help. Miles, there's a King of the Kickboxers 2. A no retreat, no surrender 5, if you will. Indeed, there is. And as you said at the top of the show, we're, we're going to need some help uh, miring through this one. Hmm. Well, it's best returns month here on The More You Nerd. Who better to return than the one and only Jason Anarchy? Hello, I've returned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. I love crappy movies. <laughs> and we love making you watch them with us. <laughs> yeah, this one, this is easily the worst of, of all the No Retreat, No Surrender, King of the Kickboxers movies. It's it's really bad. Yes, if you are just uh, recently subscribed to our show and haven't gone through our, our catalog, we have done the prior four No Retreat, No Surrender movies uh, or what have been called No Retreat, No Surrender movies or uh, Karate Tiger movies, however you want to define them, with Jason. Uh, Drew, I, I imagine you'll probably maybe put links in the show notes for this. Yeah, sure. Um, and Jason was uh, an anomaly in that uh, uh, when we had him for the first time, we were just interviewing about a game he was designing. And he was the first person to come back with a challenge. And so we said, well, this sounds amazingly awful you have to do this with us to which he agreed and said i challenge you to do all these movies so every every blue moon we we call him up in uh the great north and have him watch a delightful martial arts film with us (laughs) delightful yes it's uh, uh the great thing about these movies is that there are popular bad movies and movies that are known, you know, like Troll 2 and, you know, things like that. But it's like, I, I stand by, you know, vehemently that the No Retreat, No Surrender series are, are the most entertaining series of bad movies ever released. And there's also like good martial arts, which I was not particularly into at first. But now that I've watched these terrible movies so many times, I have somewhat of an appreciation for it, which is kind of neat, too. I'm I'm with you on that, because before we started recording, I was talking about like my favorite one being the second one. And especially, I would say, in 2, 3, and King of the Kickboxers, the, the martial arts is excellent. I think, I think in the last time we did this, I compared these to, like, skate tapes of the 90s where, yeah. you know, everything else is not great, but that's not the point. The point is to show off the martial arts. The movie is just the dressing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then because the movie is just the dressing, you get this hilarious thrown together, you know, one step above porn acting uh, kind of feature length film. Yeah. Oh, we're, 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 we're gonna, great we're, martial arts. Have we're you ever wanted to, to see what this. your stunt people would sound like when they acted? Well, here you go. <laughs> it's oh man, we're, we're gonna we're gonna. You mentioned porn acting, and we're gonna we're gonna touch on that later with one particular scene because acting should be in very sarcastic quotation marks. 
And I, I cannot wait to get into King of the Kickboxers too. But before we do, Jason, uh, tell the people what you've got going on recently. We haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, yeah. So I make uh, funny card games and tabletop games, uh, most known for the Drinking Quest series, which is half drinking game, half tabletop RPG. Uh, I'm about to come up with uh, Drinking Quest Old Habits, which is a Drinking Quest game, uh, which is a throwback to the 80s, so the glory days of role-playing games. Uh, but, you know, it's also got a lot of big, dumb drinking humor in it as well. And uh, I also recently came out with Heck, a Tiny Card Game, which is a team-up with Tiny Schneck Comics. Um, so that's really cute. It's like a you know, if uh, I feel like exploding kittens, that's maybe uh, something in that realm sort of thing. Yeah, that was one that uh, we passed by a booth. I don't think I got to see you this year at PAX East. I, I think every time I walked by, you were either busy or not there. Um, or, or cowering, trying not to shake hands with people. Yeah, that that too. <laughs> but uh, she she was very interested in that one. She was like, oh, this is really cute. And I was like, yeah, this is uh, Jason's other game. Because I think I've... I've popped on the Kickstarter at least, I think, of every Drinking Quest game since you've been on the show, as well as Haiku Warrior. Oh, yeah. Thanks for mentioning Haiku Warrior. That's uh, That game's very dear to my heart. It's, I love uh, Haiku Warrior. Yeah, I, I haven't been promoting it at all because I, I, I focus on other things, but it's like that game kind of has a life of its own, and I appreciate that. Um, and then recently I sat down, I played it with my kids. I was like, you know, they, they made a, some kind of a, they made a joke about a, a chicken tree, a tree with chicken legs on it. And it was like, uh, hey, I, I put that joke in a game already. There's, uh, you know, the joke in the game is that, you know, you get fruit from trees to heal your character. And then the, in the last quest, I think there's like a chicken leg tree where you heal your character with a chicken leg. And they're just inexplicably on the trees because that's where you heal your character in the game. They thought that was really funny. Then we actually sat down and played. And then I was like, oh, yeah, of course I would make a game that I like. Uh, because it's like, <laughs> I, just, I just released them. And then I'm always thinking about the next thing and then it's like okay if i go back and play it and i like it okay that's a good feeling so and i just want to throw out for pretending to grown up which is a game that gets played in my house a lot so yes oh awesome that, yeah that one's really good you. too yeah that was uh that was that's a good depiction of the of the pre-trump era you know it's uh <laughs> those are the problems we had to worry about a little bit so memories uh, the, the next pretending to up will be much darker yeah <laughs> Uh, and I think uh, all these are still on sale on your website, DrinkQuestGames.com or DrinkQuest.com, correct? Uh, yeah, DrinkQuest.com or JasonAnarchyGames.com. Uh, they all bring you to the same place. Okay, cool. Um, I have bought most of these, kickstarted a good chunk of them, and I, I've I've often said uh, on the show that if Jason puts a game up, it's worth it's worth kicking because it's always going to be fun. It's always going to be good. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. And are you still doing your comic? Uh, oh, Anarchy Plants. No, that uh, we did about 100 of those. And uh, so I was writing them. And I had an artist friend that was drawing them. And then, uh, you know, Aaron Plants, he let me rebrand him for the sake of the comic so I could be Jason Anarchy and he could be Aaron Plants uh, for a comic called Anarchy Plants. So we did about 100 of those. And then, uh, you know, Aaron was just like, ah, it's too much like Garfield. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and we still work together on a lot of stuff. And he's a great dude. Uh, but that was just a, a hilarious reason not to like it. And uh, I, I bring that up to him at least once a week. That's awesome. I, I kept up with uh, that one for, for a good chunk. I think I, I think it was, was it on Twitter or Tumblr that you posted? Yeah, I had it all over the place. I think uh, there's still an archive of every comic on Facebook. Um, and yeah, I was pushing it for a couple of years. It was fun to do comics. Um, but it was like, uh, all right, you know, I'll... Uh, 
it, it's another that's another thing that's taken on a life of its own. So I stopped promoting it, and uh, the frequency like it gets maybe five new likes a day now, and it's like we weren't getting that when we were releasing new comics, um, but like years later, it's still got a fan base, which is great. So I, uh, you know, if it continues to live on, you know, if the if the, the house plants with human problems still relates to people, I think that's great. <laughs> I also did not know, and this may have happened in the time that we have been apart, but uh, you did uh, some songs with an old buddy of mine, MC Lars. Yeah, yeah, you know Lars, eh? That's awesome. I have not talked to Lars. I mean, this was MySpace days. Oh, like, wow. We, yeah. were, we were friends for a little bit. He, he toured through uh, my town. We uh, just became buddies for a little while. Um, I have not seen him in over a decade, but uh, he was super, super nice dude. And yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Always enjoyed his stuff, and I I did not know that you guys had done a track together. So this is yeah, two now. Yeah, it's uh, well, actually, technically three, but we just came up with a seven inch. Where um, okay, so we came up with a seven inch called the the middle class of Middle Earth, and it's like a Lord of the Rings parody song about Aragorn becoming king of Middle Earth. But then there's there's peace in the land, and it goes through all the races of Middle Earth and how bored they are working uh, mundane middle class jobs. <laughs> um, so there's no more like adventure and excitement, you know? Yeah. Um, so every rapper is a different race of Middle Earth. I'm dwarves. Uh, Lars is elves. And then uh, Word Burglar is uh, hobbits. And uh, Fable is humans. So it, uh, no, it's a, it's a really fun track. And it's, uh, you know, it's high concept. Uh, the seven inch looks great. It's on pipeweed green vinyl. I, I'm looking at the seven inch now. It's gorgeous. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a vinyl shark. So, I mean, I'm, always picking these things up so this is awesome this is awesome i'm gonna have to pick one of these up yeah yeah i'll uh yeah hit me up ahead of time i'll sign it and write a dumb joke on it or something oh awesome and then yeah. uh, and then i the think B-side. the best jason anarchy signature joke i have is that i have a signed copy of no retreat no surrender on blu-ray by <laughs> jason anarchy <laughs> oh man yeah yeah that's uh just signing it like I made the movie. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't introduce myself before. I, I would just said, "Hey, uh, Jason, do you mind signing something for me?" And, you're, and you kind of looked at me like, "Sure." And I popped that out, and you're like, "Okay, I know who you are." <laughs> <laughs> you could only be one of a few people that could possibly <laughs> give me. <laughs> oh man! But you know, technically, listeners, you know, if, if people started bringing you know Blu-rays to sign, that that could be uh, an amazing thing. I, I would do it. <laughs> Well, speaking of No Retreat, No Surrender, let's take a little tour back in time through the No Retreat, No Surrender timeline, even though there are no movie, none of these movies are connected to each other in any way. (laughs) Right. Uh, One and two were originally supposed to be, and then they just changed the characters. And honestly, I, I think we talked about this in our episode, which you can go back and listen to. It does feel like it's the same world yeah so we we have no retreat no surrender one where where young uh, jason stillwell goes up against the russian who for some reason also has a german name in the credits to defeat him because of a team of mafia guys that are taking over karate dojos in the mid-1980s oh and the ghost of bruce lee is there Oh, it's such a great movie. Yes. <laughs> um, and and it, also, it, it really it gets into the socio-political uh, differences between California karate and Seattle karate. 
It sure does. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it kind of assumes that everyone knows one's better than the other. <laughs> right. Uh, it's uh, oh, it, and it's got one of the, the the European cut of that movie has one of the best skateboarding scenes in any movie ever, which I think is the one we watched. I think I think so because because so. it, it had they're, the they're the, the very long training montage that they were very comfortable with one another. <laughs> Uh, so uh, sure. recently, Mystery Science Theater 3000 did a uh, a tour. I think it's still going on at the time we're recording this. And one of the movies that they they riffed on was the original No Retreat, No Surrender. They oh, wow. cut out the funniest part of the training montage. Oh, and I which part um, was that? Uh, when uh, <laughs> when Jason is doing the uh, pelvic thrusts and. Uh, his buddy is just <laughs> sitting there eating the ice cream bar. <laughs> right? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like right there. Okay. I would have loved to see what they would have done with that, but they skipped it. I can't believe it. Um, oh yeah. It's uh yeah. The, the, the two cuts, the U S cut and the European cut, they're, they're both very different. Um, but they, they've each got their own unique things to like about them. So it's, uh, wow. Such a great movie, both versions. <laughs> uh, then we move on to No Retreat, No Surrender 2, Raging Thunder. This is where we have our first in- encounter with Lauren Avedon, who is the star of all of these movies as completely different characters in every one, who is uh, hired uh, by people to go into Cambodia to free a, a village from the Russians. Then along the way, he meets like a Chuck Norris type with a cigar in his mouth and uh, Cynthia Rothrock, who uh, is the love interest, but also kicks ass. Yeah, she's and, great in that movie. And yeah. uh, we've pointed this out before, but she was the inspiration for the creation of Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that's like a legit reason to like that movie. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think the, the poster also looks like a perfectly good action movie poster. Like it's pretty perfect. Like, I, it's something I would expect to see it at a video store if I was walking around like a pick a flick or something. Um, and I, I, I've said before, this one's probably my favorite of the series. For some reason, it just, it, it scratches that itch. It hits that sweet spot for, if you want a Saturday afternoon action film, that's, that's the one to go for me. <laughs> it, it checks off a lot of boxes. Yeah, you, and that one's kind of unique too, where it's like it's, uh, you know, it's more of like a, it's less a martial arts movie, and it's got like, you know, some Rambo influence. And, oh, and, uh, absolutely! I'm pretty sure he wears a bandana for half the movie. He's got the crossbow. He's he's ready to rock. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's another great one. Uh, yeah, d- different tone, not a straight up martial arts movie in suburbia like the first one. Um, and then the third movie, No Retreat, No Surrender Three. That one is about two brothers and then it's got Lauren Avedon back as a different character. One of the brothers. And then what are they, they're trying to take down like an international. So, so their dad is a, a, is a retiring CIA agent. Uh, no sur- retreat, no surrender three blood brothers. Oh yeah. Blood brothers. With Lauren Avedon and Keith Vitale as the, the Alexander brothers, Will and Casey who are trying to take down, uh, some sort of mafia. There's a fight in a in a uh, <laughs> there's a fight in, a, in an airplane hangar. Um, I don't remember this one too well. <laughs> that, that one had a great villain, Franco, the guy with the the bleach yeah, blonde hair. Yes. Terrible monologues. 
Yeah, because it was it was all a, a Russian plot to kill the president. I think that's right. I, th- I think it was because well, this is you know the Cold War era, so of course the Russians were the bad guys. And, and it was to assassinate President Bush, the first President Bush. Yeah, and they just used stock footage of, of President Bush <laughs> to make it right. look like he was there, but the video quality is drastically different. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, we uh, then move to King of the Kickboxers, the first one. Yeah, that one is uh, it's a yeah, solid so action movie. It, it might be yeah. the best of the bunch. I, think. I, I I agree with that. Yeah, I think there's a strong argument there because, like, as a movie, it's it's the most coherent. Yes, um, but it's also got a lot of really weird, schlocky stuff that stands out. It uh, does, but you also have like two, you, this is I think the first one that really has like two marquee martial artists as the you know the protagonist and antagonist that give you kind of a marquee fight. Yeah, yeah, it's Lauren Avedon versus Billy Blanks, who's the final boss, the Tybo yeah. the Tybo guy. And uh, the former Subway spokesperson. Do you guys remember when there were posters of yes. Billy Blanks holding Subway subs? I, I mean, don't, you know, I don't remember that. That's only I, I laugh, but I can't knock his hustle. Like he found something that was able to make money with Tybo and stuff. But I mean, he was an accomplished martial artist. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like he's he's great in the movie. Like his acting is, you know, it's over the top and he's you know a hilarious villain in terms of his performance, but it's like he delivers on the martial arts. And I think, I think we, we talked about <laughs> another video game. Uh, I think we mentioned that he was the inspiration for DJ in street fighter two. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that it, makes perfect sense. I, I want to say that there might have been some lawsuits about it, but they didn't go through. Um, or that maybe he tried to sue for for likeness rights or yeah because it was a likeness because the character is drastically different. DJ's from I think Jamaica in Street Fighter and and Billy Blanks is not you know playing uh, anyone Jamaican, but the likeness I mean is in and the fighting style is very very similar. Yeah, and, and, and no retreat or no retreat no surrender for King of the Kickboxers has probably the best fights. It's got really some. It it goes to I think the the most zany places as far as like there's all these places all over Thailand and then they're going on movie sets in Thailand and there's the whole like isn't there the motorcycle thing in like a, am I getting this confused I can't remember oh, anyway. yeah I think there's motorcycles in it um, it's like a simple revenge story his brother gets killed in the beginning by Billy Blanks then the final fight of the movie is him avenging his brother. But that's got a great set. It's this huge, like, you know, fight to the death. Oh, the oh yeah, there's an illegal ring of people, uh, you know, fighting to the de- to the death kind of thing. Yeah, the, right. ba- the bamboo dome that, that they're fighting in that right. just feels like a yeah. video game level. It really, really it does. does. And that takes us to today. King of the Kickboxers 2, also known as Fighting Spirit. Where do we begin? Oh, well, it's a, it's a different class of crappy movie. It really is. And I mean, from the first frame, it's yeah. it's obvious because it, you, it, we open up with these two girls who are, are bartending with a poorly, poorly a, uh, acted extra drunk, just kind of making a mess. But what Sing, struck me singing a happy little song about being drunk <laughs> What struck me was how was how badly the two girls were overdubbed. And this is this will be a constant yes. problem throughout this movie, but they they are really overdubbed. And, and there's a there's a type of mic blowout you can tell in cheap productions like this when they're overdubbed. Yeah. 90% of this movie 
had no boom mic. Uh, there, the, everything, all, almost everything is is post processed, overdubbing, and you can easily tell because Lauren Avedon once again stars as David Carster, who isn't the main character of this movie until about forty five minutes in. That really threw me off because the <laughs> I was like I was like this guy isn't Lauren Avedon. The, the uh, character of Billy, who we're going to meet in a second. Although, I'm going to be honest, the video quality uh, in this was so bad, I couldn't, couldn't really tell. tell <laughs> until they started doing I know that jawline anywhere. <laughs> uh, so we're introduced to Billy, who is a, a, a fighter, and he is, is doing uh, presumably some Taekwondo uh, fighting uh, in, this, in this ring with an old crotchety... Minor, oh, man. just telling him to get it, get him. Come on, boy, him. kick him, kick him. I this oh, guy, yeah. To he bring did. it back to the first movie, he sounds like he's the father of the who peed in the pool kid. <laughs> because there's been a continuity there. It's, it's 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 <laughs> it's like someone told this guy to be somewhat southern, and all the actor knew was old stereotypes and foghorn leg hard cartoons, and just said "boy" every third word. Yeah, I think he, he think he calls characters boy at least over ten times in his like one minute of screen time. It's amazing. In that I, yeah. in that one minute of screen time, he has more lines than the sister. Yeah, just because yeah, he uh, never stops talking. <laughs> okay, uh, one thing I wanted to mention too when we watched King of the Cake or uh, No Retreat No Surrender three, uh, somebody mentioned that uh, one of the main characters, one of the brothers, had like a regional accent to their state. Um, and this- when I was watching. King of the Kickboxers 2, the first thing you see are these poorly dubbed waitresses, and they have like a French Canadian accent, which is kind of, you know, I, I'm not in Quebec, but you know, it's the next province over to me kind of thing. Right. But that was another thing that was really jarring. That that's honestly, and this is not to, to get too far ahead, but this is a real problem with this movie in general, is everyone has a drastically different accent. And it's not like, oh, we're in some melting pot. It's we just got whoever. It, because it, in fact, yes, the two ma- the two main evil guys, uh, Tony and Russell, are brothers. Yet Russell is very clearly of of some kind of uh, non his or maybe Hispanic descent. I can't really tell, but that's what his accent kind of sounded like. And Tony is a white Southern guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tony the is just the white trash bruiser. With the uh, with the, the the early '90s uh, blue windbreaker, and uh, there, there's a lot of great fashion in this. Oh, there there absolutely is, and the, you hear you hear a couple other southern accents, and you hear um, someone has like a like a, a Welsh or Scottish accent at some point. Oh, is is that the is that one of the guys at the bar that's talking yeah. to? <laughs> yeah, and. So the entire because we don't know where this movie takes place until about two thirds of the way through. Oh, do they and say it? They do. It's it takes place in L.A. Oh, wow. Okay. Because yeah, the, the, the well, the attack on the police station is the LAPD. <laughs> yes, right. the the uh, LAPD strip mall <laughs> that it, that it clearly was guarded by the two officers over the entire police station <laughs> with the with the bars that clearly totally move when you shake them with the master lock that keeps them closed. Oh, incredible. So, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. So 
yeah, we're, we're getting cuts between the conversation between these two uh, bartenders and these uh, exercise scenes of uh, the character Billy working out. Uh, you also get this weird, whimsical score that is basically the same the entire film that doesn't fit anything except maybe the title card of an arcade game from 1992. Like, it, it really changes that weird jangly tone no matter what's happening. Yeah, it's this really weird mix of out of place, like upbeat disco music and like really bizarre sounding like, you know, backwards guitar notes. And I, I don't know, like, like just trying to sound evil with like random guitar sounds uh, like you could barely call it music. I, you know, they're just using guitars for sound effects, but there's so much of it. Yeah, uh, there but is. It just goes back and forth really weirdly. There is one scene in particular that sounds literally like my five-year-old playing on a Casio keyboard, just hitting random notes. No rhythm, no melody, just bam, boom, 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 bam, boom, boom, bam. Yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of that. And when we finally really get a, a scene that's got Avedon, he's leaving the, 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 the dojo or the studio, and he gets in a fight with these these ruffians. And I think, okay, all right, movie's starting. Here we go. And then Abaddon proceeds to get his butt kicked and then is saved by Billy. At that point, we, we cut back because we were told that, oh, no, Billy's got to go pick his sister up, who is one of the bartenders. So while she's walking home, three, for lack of a better word, Goombas try to jump her. And she fights back in a series of weirdly cut scenes before getting full on punched in the face oh, yeah. by uh, yeah. Tony twice. Like it goes from like, oh, yeah, she's struggling, uh, kind of, you know, fighting him off. And then he just like haymakers her <laughs> like twice yeah, in the face that, that's that's a huge problem with this movie and it's like there's some scenes where these villains are so shockingly evil where this crappy low budget movie does not warrant this like sudden tone change well, when it happens no. and, and, and even like, tony and, is so awful to her tony is the worst one of the worst characters ever in fiction i'm gonna go ahead and say it and he he cold cocks her knocks her out and I don't even want to say the line that he says oh God. Yeah. to his I'll, buddies. I'll say it because I I, won't, I, won't, I have to talk about this because because yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. You you already get the point. The, get the indication that these these guys are up to no good. Um, but when they knock her out, well, and this is this might be a a trigger word for certain people. I want. That's warn why I'm not you saying guys. the word. Yeah, I want to warn everybody about that. But they say. Um, let's get started while she's still warm. So that it that indicates to me that they think they killed her and they don't care, which is real dark. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty dark. That's uh, and that's part of the problem with this movie too. Is that when I say it's a different class of bad movie, like one of the problems is that the writing is so bad on this new level where the, the tone is just so off. And whoever was writing it, it's like, oh, well, they're evil. I'll make it evil. But it's like they had no sense of, you know, what audience would expect. Tact. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's it, just so weird. And and you also have – so you've got Tony and Russell who were wearing, like, suit shirts and pants and look kind of like you would expect, like, wealthy bad guys to look. 
but all of their henchmen are wearing like jean jackets with they're like hell's angels and, and and they're like ah hey, 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 oh yeah we're oh yeah <laughs> like it's it's this weird cartoony difference like it looks like they're they look like uh, bebop and rocksteady before they got turned into to exactly yeah, yeah i like that a good analogy it's, so, yeah, they're already beating over the head with how they're they're villains so much already that they don't need to have these insanely just brutal it's, lines. Thrown. It's like this is Streets of Rage the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like with those people you're beating up. You know, now they're characters all of a sudden, and they're right. all bad actors. You know, what if? So, so we get Billy. Billy saves the day, comes in and uh, takes them all out, and then uh, you know, kind of. Uh, takes care of all the goons, finishes them off with the people's elbow, which I thought was a nice touch. And before, you know, we kind of get to, to sit for a second, the big bad of the movie, what we assume to be the big bad, because he was just in the, uh, in a car having a conversation with uh, Tony, the, the leader of these ruffians. He comes out and, and is like, Oh, I, you know, I saw the whole thing, you know, I, I can help. And, Billy just wants to chase these guys on his bike, which mysteriously no longer works. So he he was just going to leave his sister, who they had already like you know taken off her top and stuff. He throws her his jacket on top over her and was just going to peace out. Like, I, I mean, the priorities in this. <laughs> well, let's let's be honest. Yeah. Billy is not the the sharpest tool no he, he is he is not because th- i will say this movie i thought was going to take a very typical track and it doesn't also this this is like the first like six minutes this movie covers a lot of ground in the first 30 minutes like it's almost like two movies mashed together yeah yeah, yeah i'll agree with that there's there's a lot of plot and a lot of stuff happening very fast and and, and very nonsensically for the most part yeah so the the big bad is like, oh, you know, I, I, I will help. And he's all, oh, I don't have an insurance. And he's like, I'll take care of it. So the doctor comes out. They take her to the hospital and says, this, 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 this is all, by the way, despite the fact that Billy's best friend, David, Lauren Avedon, that he just saved from his own fight against a bunch of dudes is super rich. Yes. And has also offered to pay. But for whatever reason, this stranger... <laughs> <laughs> who's got plot armor, I guess, in his uh, his roles of um, bluff. He, he, he Billy wants to, to go with this dude. So the daughter comes out and says she suffered a terrible concussion. All right, that tracks. There was, there was some damage to the optic nerve. Okay, I saw the hit she took. She needs an operation right away if she's going to make it. And that's where I was like, all right, well, I don't know about that, but okay, I'll, 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 I'll ride with that. <laughs> Yeah, and then so the uh, uh, what's his name? The, the big bad guy recruits Billy Russell, to be one of his Russell. Name. Yeah, yeah, he recruits Billy to be one of his uh, martial arts fighting henchmen in his underground martial arts ring. I guess. Yes. Yeah, so they, I, they do they do street fights in some sort of abandoned mine. Yeah, I, 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 I want what that was. <laughs> I want to pause for a second about this because they're not just underground street fights. It is a specifically a grudge match with one other rich dude. No one else is watching but everyone's goons, which is about six people. Like these two guys, I guess, just bet on 
they're fighters. There's no additional like ring. There's no crowd of people. There is no like pot to take. It's just these two rich guys. They bring up with a suitcase of of money (laughs) betting on these fights. And I got to tell you, I was just like, I, I don't I don't know what their deal is. Like, I already don't know what Russell's deal is. We understand that he's some sort of gun runner or organized crime guy, but we never get an indication of what exactly he does. He just kind of ticks off the uh, bad guy of the week boxes. I am rich and I am evil. I am Russell. Pretty much. Jason, what, what's your take on old Russ? Uh, Russ is, he's great. You know, he's, he's the, the, the cocky kind of, you know, classy martial arts, underground martial arts ring. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't make any sense. His, his, uh, his very evil white trash younger brother, Tony absolutely steals the show. And, uh, I, I think, you know, maybe, you know, one, one of 10,000 things they could have done to make this movie better was uh, maybe have Tony like stab Russ in the back at the end of the movie or something like that. You know, it's just, uh, yes, they build up this relationship with them and they never do anything with it at all. No, they, they drop a lot of this stuff, uh, including Russ, but we'll get to that yeah, later. They, they are very loyal to each other, at least. So there's that, I guess. Yeah. Um, the, the, there, I do want to comment on the fights with this because we've seen at this point in the movie, and we are about 10 minutes in, about three or four fights already, which is a good pace for, for this kind of thing. These fights are not, like, they're obviously choreographed in a way that you can see where they've pulled punches, you can see where they've they've done some weird things. But the biggest offender to me is the sound effects that don't match up with what's happening on the screen. Punch yeah, sounds was, happen just after the punch happens. Uh, and there's only like three different sound effects in the whole movie. Yes. <laughs> there's like two punches and like one kick sound, and there's just so much action, and you just keep hearing the same effect over and over again. And what bummed me about what bummed me out about the street fights, the two that we see, because we see the first one, and then Billy follows a guy that he recognizes as his sister's attacker uh, and gets cut and then kicks him, I guess, kind of off of a building. I'm not really sure how the logistics of that whole thing worked. Like, I guess they were like deep, deep underground. Yeah. So, so they're in whatever that mine is or, and, and he has to climb up this shaft and then, all of a sudden, but then he's day- on street level. It, then I was street level, and it's also daytime outside, which didn't feel like that was something happening in the middle of the day. But I don't know, maybe a, a, you know, yeah. The the whole thing was weird, but I I thought that the 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 fights they they did resemble street fights, but we've already seen that Billy's a pretty capable martial artist, and I didn't really. I thought these would showcase his martial arts a little better than they did. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's clear that he's talented, but the movie doesn't showcase it well, even though there's a lot of fights. Um, so yeah, the actor Sean Donahue, yeah, I think he's more known for being a martial artist, and he's usually a a stunt double. Um, but this movie, yeah, he gets like a starring role, and uh, you know, but it's pretty clear he's normally a stunt double. Uh, you know, it's uh, his skills are martial arts, not in acting, <laughs> uh, right? And uh, you know, it's. 
yeah, it, it's he's he's a, he's a bit wasted. They they could have done a lot more with him. Uh, well, and and I think part of that is because at a certain point in the movie that we're going to get to very quickly, he's got to step aside for Lauren Avedon to take over. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. And okay, and then Lord, Lauren Avedon too. It's uh, sorry, I've been, I've been waiting to point this out. Uh, in his introduction, where he was getting his butt kicked in the beginning of the movie, it's established. Oh, okay, you know Billy's the the good fighter who comes and saves him. But then there's a scene where they both go into that pool hall. Oh man! Oh, 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 oh we'll, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that. Okay. Don't you worry, right, because right. I I made specific note about that. Well, I can't wait. That's that's a great scene. Um, because well, so during this time we see some scenes with uh, David and his father. David thinks that Billy's no good, and so I expected this to be kind of a good kid kids trapped in a bad situation. And after this scene with the the guy, he just kicked off the the building. Billy seems to be fine with it. He he kind of almost seems like a drug addict <laughs> about it. Yeah, like uh, like like an after school special. And so the entire time I'm like, well, maybe maybe David's dad's right. Billy Billy might be trouble because he didn't seem to care that he just murdered somebody. That's true. Yeah, and uh, he didn't murder him at first. You know, he turned around and then the guy came at him with a knife. But then he immediately, like it was so awkwardly cut, he just yeah. immediately kicks him off of the you know abandoned castle or whatever they're in. Yeah, and uh, and then yeah, and then it just cuts <laughs> away again. It's just the. Oh, the editing is is just so terribly entertaining in this. So the we, we cut to the next fight. Billy is being uh, taken care of by Murphy, who is Russ's, I guess, like trainer. Uh, he trains his talent, and he's telling him not to fight. And but Billy, of course, is uh, I'm going to fight anyway, even though he has this giant slash across his his like bicep. Uh, so he. The, the Russ comes in and says, no, he's going to fight no matter what, which is stupid. And the fight devolves into Billy, like, swinging a pitchfork around. Yeah, why there's a pitchfork down there, don't know. There's also just empty crates. Again. And then he, he loses because everyone in this movie is dumb. Um, after this, David confronts Billy, who now wants out, and... David says, I'll pay him back. You know, money's not important to me, which is a great line for a rich kid. <laughs> and and then inexplicably, and this, this is this is what I want to talk about. Inexplicably, the next scene, there is no in-between, is them randomly coming into a bar where uh, his sister's attackers are, or one of them are, and getting to work, just taking them out. And... <laughs> We must have missed something. Like, I don't know if he got a name from something. There's like a whole detective montage we missed. They used to appear. And then David's, you know, where uh, Lord Avedon's wearing these sweet, sweet, uh, that thing you do style uh, sunglasses. And is suddenly competent at fighting. Hands in his pockets, ducking around punches and kicking dudes. Yeah. And that, that stuff reserved for Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, and he has. I mean, he he actually genuinely does look cool. The, the way they choreographed his stuff was pretty fun. Yeah, but it didn't make sense for his character because they had already established that he's not good at fighting. 
no that argument here. No he's argument so here. Good at fighting all of a sudden that he can do all these super like particularly cool moves. Right. He like I said, he is inexplicably good at fighting. Uh, I I also love this bar had uh, th- th- this pool hall. Aka a, someone's grandma's basement because that's what that was. It has the this shelf with this fine china on it. Huh? I wonder what that's for. <laughs> Just to ram someone's head through it. It's the only reason it was there. Don't know. Doesn't fit any of the rest of the decor. It's just an excuse to have that happen. Just have some tea, play some pool. You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's exactly so, so uh so to to speed things along a little bit because we really need to get to the turn that this movie takes billy is riding his motorcycle down a dusty back road and a guy waves him down uh to to the side of the road to help him with his car that seems to be broken down well hey d- my car broke down do you have any tools he asks the guy on the motorcycle with no saddlebags no, he has no tools, but he's going to get out and check the car anyway, as we have established. Billy's not very smart. Uh, no. This turns out to be a trap. That guy works for Russell, and he is jumped by a bunch of dudes who then kidnap him, beat him up, tie him to two different cars, run him down the road, and kill him. Billy's yeah. dead. So. Yeah. And, and again, we are only 30 minutes into this movie. This is not like we're not even close to the climax. What's what's crazy about this scene, other than him getting, you know, tied to two cars, which is that, 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 that's a, besides getting brutally murdered. Yeah, the, the what I thought was funny was the guy who was clearly going to betray him from from the first moment we see him. He moves before Billy, like comes to look at his car like he has his hand on the uh the hood and he he reacts at first as if he didn't like it seemed like they only had one take and the actor misread (laughs) the moment because he like almost slams it and then when uh lord not lord abaddon when billy fully leans in that's when he he does his betrayal moment but when billy dies we get a, I guess, like a spiritual tingle from the sister because we focus on her for a second and she looks quizzical. Oh, the sister, by the way, is blind. Well, she's not blind. She's, she's had, had eye surgery. surgery, but she's wearing these bandages over her eyes for the rest of the movie. So this is a whole other side plot deal that the sister can't see anything. And the next scene, which to me, this this brings it back to the very first uh, no retreat, no surrender. We we get we get a ghost. We get Billy visiting David in a dream, like immediately, saying, "David, you have to prevail against these individuals. Only then will I have peace." Like, wow, have- way to find a connection to the first movie. That's impressive. Like, it's just I I, I kind of love that we have a ghost that is 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 training and or like uh, guiding. The, the the Avedon character, even though it wasn't Lorne Avedon in the first film, like I for whatever reason, I guess because this is like you know, this is the last No Retreat No Surrender movie. It just, it, for some reason, I was just waxing nostalgic about it. And then <laughs> the, the 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 ghost thing, I was like, okay, I, I I can work something with this. I I I was it was a stretched 
comparing the uh, the trainer to the <laughs> the pee in the pool kid. <laughs> but but this this is a legit thread, and and uh, this is where you get the fighting spirit name. Yes, yeah. and there was that scene where the the, the master is is drinking. And uh, Lord Avedon's like, do you believe in spirits? He's like, oh, only this kind. <laughs> oh, God. That, that, that whole scene is so weird because then he's like about to about to like get serious about some ghosts. And then the scene just ends like he, they just they just walk away. Yeah, my favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite part of that scene is where because uh, Murphy, by the way, has quit working for Russell and is now also going to help David uh, t- to become an immediately amazing fighter. Whatever, uh, but uh, they're, they're, they have that whole joke. But then Murphy turns to <laughs> David and says, "Oh, but what you're saying is very interesting. We should talk about it." And David just says, "No, nah, I think I'm going to leave." <laughs> <laughs> but but see, yeah, now now it's Avedon time. This is this is what I signed up for. Is 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 Lauren Avedon doing things? But before we get to like the real prime Avedon time, we have to sit through some really awful acting of of. David telling Billy's sister Judith that her brother's dead. And it feels like almost every movie we have to we have to slave through an entire segment of emotional Avedon death reactions. Yeah, yeah, that happens quite a bit. It's uh yeah, you gotta keep the stakes high, right? I mean I mean Blood Brothers kind of takes the cake for me. That that has some of the the best reactions. Yeah, yeah, the the two brothers by the pool. Yes, yeah, that, was, that was amazing. Um, and then then we then we get the most random connection I think of this entire movie is you know, he's sitting at the bar, David's sitting at the bar, and the supposed girlfriend of I think Tony is you know making come hither eyes at David. No, it's, it's Russell's girlfriend. It's Russell's girlfriend, sorry. Right. Which, again, this made very little sense to me. And it, it's that typical, like, weird noir line where, where it's like, you know, she's like, I'm his girl, but I'm really not kind of thing. We see it a lot in a lot of uh, mob movies or movies where the hapless gumshoe falls for you know, the femme fatale. And then we are subjected to probably the worst flirting I have ever seen. The worst flirting uh, you've ever seen, followed by the worst sex scene you've ever seen. Oh, no, no. I, I agree. But it, this seems like they, they heard about flirting once, like maybe in a magazine or something. <laughs> and th- has my favorite line in the entire film. Is they're 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 making their kind of small talk at her, at her door, and then she says, "Why don't you make yourself comfortable, and I'll change into something a little more relaxed." And I lost it at that line <laughs> because the typical line is, "I'll change into something a little more comfortable," <laughs> but she has already said comfortable, so the the writer just changed it to, "I'll slip into something a little more relaxed." This is they, the, they probably had a thesaurus. Yes, exactly. That's writing. I, <laughs> I die. I had to pause the movie. I was losing my mind over this thing. I was laughing so hard. She she also said, "I'm sorry. This is so homey," which is which is weird because that's something that you typically appreciate about somebody's house, right? 
<laughs> which was also clearly a hotel room. I mean, yes, absolutely. Um, and then, like you said, Drew, they 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 look like they've never been intimate with another human being in their entire lives. It was the most awkward kissing I have ever seen. And he's like peeling her robe off like a banana. It's <laughs> like I I love this scene. It's it's amazing because typically in your uh not even martial arts your 80s action movies there's that one scene that kind of like basically borders on softcore but it's usually like somewhat acted and here it's like they didn't even have time to read the script if they had a script at all for the scene they're just like all right just just act like you're in love i mean these two have zero chemistry (laughs) Yeah, it's so it's so stiff and wooden and just awkward and uh, forced, and it's like it, it just needs to move the plot along. But there's already so much plot, and, right? And, and it seems like the only reason that that he's there is because he has to get something out of her checkbook. He like he goes through her purse and gets something out of it and writes it down. But we don't know what that is or why he's doing that or what his whole plan was, because the only reason that he's even there in the first place is because she came on to him, not he come came on to her. Well, you know, I thought the same thing. But then there's a scene later that we'll, we'll get to. But she calls him and he's he answer. Oh, hey, babe. Like there the, the way he said it was with familiarity. Um, and I might be looking too much into the inflection of this film of any actor, but the sense I got was he kind of did like her. You definitely see that she likes him. Um, And and, and again, it it, it makes no sense. Why? I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) So yeah. Later in the movie, when she inevitably betrays him, there's an awkward scene where she's like, she's like kind of sorry that happened, but not really. Well, I mean, she was, she also got like gut punched to do it <laughs> and then That's stabbed true. like she d- yeah well then stabbed she does oh, bet- yeah right the stabbing yeah, she- was so poorly done i forgot it happened <laughs> yeah no that was only like one brief shot of the knife too yeah. yeah the only reason you know that she got stabbed is because the 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 dude has the knife in his hand that he pulls away it's like ugh, yeah not, that, even, that, not even any fake blood on it just a clean that, that scene is poorly <laughs> done but like I can I can kind of forgive the betrayal because you know she was being threatened and and so I, I get that. And we have also seen how Tony is. So I, I gave her a pass. Speaking of Tony, I, I'm, I'm assuming what he got from her checkbook was where Tony is because he shows uh, David shows up at this random warehouse that I guess Tony's the foreman at. <sighs> Like I, I don't job, know what these do these guys do. I don't know what their organized crime racket is because it's all over the place. Yeah, yeah they're just bad guys that hang out in warehouses, you know. It, yeah, we do know that Tony's moving guns in, and Russell doesn't like that Tony's moving guns in, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're gun salesmen. David goes after Tony, forgets how to fight again. Well, he hasn't trained yet at this point. No, no, he hasn't. But we had just seen him do his magic acts in the bar with yeah. Billy. So we, we know like, OK, well, maybe he's got some skill. Now he's acting like a goofball again. And Tony proceeds to beat the crap out of him. And then this weird busted white police car arrives that doesn't have any lights on it. And this is where we find out that this takes place in L.A. Because <laughs> I made a note that this takes place in L.A. Question mark exclamation point. And 
I, cause I guess I was wondering where all these hidden rednecks came from. Cause I just hear that. We're going to get you boy. Yeah. And then, so while David is kind of recuperating, we get another visit from our good friend, Billy, the ghost. <laughs> there aren't too many Billy, the ghosts visits either. No, but the one is enough. But um, <laughs> he's just like saying that he's going to you know get revenge and, and protect the sister. And the ghost says, you know, thank you, David, but you're no match for those killers. You need to train more. Go to Murphy. He will help you. And I think that maybe Billy the ghost should have led with that before it was you need to find these individuals like Maybe you should get training first before well, Billy, tracking Billy, these guys. Billy was at the yeah, fight in the bar the in the pool hall. He saw he saw David throw down. Yeah, and then David's arc is that he's a terrible fighter. He's suddenly a great fighter, and he's also really cool. And then he's a terrible fighter again, and then he needs to train. So okay, so you're you're proposing the movie also tricks Billy the ghost. Yes. Okay. I mean, as we have, no, I, I, the, the fact that you I think that Billy board. is any smarter in death than he is in life. Valid point. <laughs> valid point. <laughs> he continues being stupid. <laughs> and now we have an assassin that's sent to kill Billy's sister for some reason. I like. I get that. Like David's gunning for for Tony and everything. I don't know what the blood vendetta is to kill Billy's sister. I think it's it, it's maybe because she can identify Tony. Because, she's blind. Well, but I mean, she's but she'll be able to regain her Later. sight. I, yeah, I, I guess. I guess because Tony's wanted for for murder at this right. point because he shot one of the guys in the pool hall. Forgot about that part. Right. They yeah. were they were beating up one of the guys that uh, was part of his crew. To Jimmy was his Jimmy. name. And, and then uh, Tony kind of sneaks in and shoots Jimmy. And uh, so that's that's that. Um, yeah. We, we So we get it. Well, after we have the, the, the moment from Billy the Ghost, we have the training montage, which is something else. This is some Lauren Avedon just... Yeah, like so the, the, the training montage is – it's weird because there's no part where he's bad at the training. There's no right. Struggle. He's just Lorne Avedon. He's, just, he's, he's a, immediately the best, and he starts showing off, and that's when the movie starts to get pretty entertaining again. Well, and there's something about – so Avedon is, is really good at those kind of straight high kicks, those kind of split kicks. And that's something that, that I would assume comes from someone who has trained for a very, very long time. You don't just start – flipping these things around you, you don't do a split across two chairs without training and i get that we're in a training montage but at the same time it, it seems like this is happening over a matter of days given the amount of time that the sister is supposed to be recovering um speaking of uh an assassin is sent after her for some reason and murphy fights him off and that's after this is where we get the weird conversation in the bar about ghosts. Uh, so Murphy, by the way, no mustache in this scene. Murphy has a mustache in every other scene in this movie. He but loses no mustache, his mustache for one scene. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, the, rest of the movie takes place in November, I guess. Yeah. 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 He, he has his mullet throughout the entire movie, but the mustache Ooh, yeah. disappears for this. Scene. <laughs> yeah, that's like a good mullet, too. 
And uh, what follows is the scene that we talked about where uh, the girlfriend character, Joyce, it betrays David and sets up a trap. And so David shows up at this warehouse. Some uh, of the goons in masks attack him. He can fight again, which is just nice. The Abaddon powers have been activated. And at the same time, we're, we're, we're getting this kind of, you know, showing off of, of Abaddon's training. Uh, Tony, the other brother, the, the kind of big bad, really, attacks the house that the sister is at. And this, this scene, I think, is a little unnecessary because it just kind of furthers just how gross Tony is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he has the chance to kill her a whole bunch of times, and he doesn't. He just taunts her. So it's also, like, just really bad writing, like, you know, it, on so many layers of bad writing. Right. And so Murphy ends up getting the, the upper hand, calls the cops. The cops connect Tony to the murder of Jimmy, the guy in the bar. And so we're like, oh, good. But well, this this is wrapped up in a nice little bow. Let's, let's leave this. No. Russ and his goons somehow are our SEAL Team 6 of hillbillies against the what we know is the LAPD. The LAPD, who's uh, all their, their muscular officers are on assignment elsewhere because they've just got the skinny guys. Well, their- it's like three people are in this, like I said, a strip mall of a police department. And I get that maybe some precincts are smaller than others, but this was clearly not the case here. Um, so we have Tony broken out of jail, but then he immediately pieces out to creep on Judith some more, the sister, and leaves a weird bloody message of, I think like a dead squirrel or something that just says Tony was here on the wall. Which yeah. she can't oh. see because she's got <laughs> bandages all over her eyes. So so David sees it and then decides he's going to spirit Judith away to his grandparents' house? Yes, his grandparents' house. Uh, at which I was like, okay, that's smart. Until you see Tony is hanging on the bottom of his car. Like you do. Total creeper move, but... It's a creeper move, but it's also it's like, yeah, of all the unbelievable things I've seen in this movie, and this includes Billy the Ghost, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what if you hit a bump or something? Like, he's gone, right? Like, if, he, if they had, like, a road bump or something, and, and David just kind of scoots it's, over it. It's, like, it's a Jeep, man. It's a Jeep. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's pretty high up. Is this before or after David has disappeared to fight those guys in masks in the middle of the night? This no is after. Reason? This is after. What was Th- that about? That, that happens simultaneously when Tony attacks the house. Oh, okay. Murph- yeah, okay. Murphy's yeah. guarding yeah. the sister. There's a, there's a, like, like, like Jason said, there's a lot of plot in this movie because I am only giving you plot points. I'm not giving you anything else. This movie is packed with stuff. And we're now introduced to another new character of, is it Vivi? Is that her name? Vivian, yeah. Uh, who, who was like a grandma? Uh, no, I was the housekeeper to her grandparents. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Okay. Because he kept said because he because David said that she was like a mother to him, which I don't know. Uh, but uh, of course, then he goes off to do his thing, and Tony 
appears, kills her almost immediately, and then chases blind Judith around the pool and house. Oh, before he that does that, <laughs> the cherry on top is he steals her juice. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, She's sitting by the pool just drinking juice. And then all of a sudden, like he just like snatches the drink, drinks the whole thing, and then and then slides the cup back over because she can't see. And it's only he never he doesn't act until she goes to take a sip and there's nothing in there. And I was like, what a monster. <laughs> he's terrible. Yeah. And he's so creepy in this scene. Like there's there's a creep factor and, to this. The dude, weird thing just, is the weird thing about this scene is you you are you are indeed correct it's very creepy but it's at this point that the actor is almost trying to ham it up like a wily coyote type of thing and as if he's like maybe he recognized well maybe if i do this it won't feel as bad and i'm like nah dude there's no coming back from this. Yeah, no, nah, man. This yeah, is... some of the lines he said in the movie. Yeah, the, the point of no return. You can't go Wiley Coyote after that. Right. So he he eventually nabs Judith. David is too late because he, as he's running through the house trying to find Judith, Tony steals his Jeep. And it's at this why, moment. Why do you leave the keys in it is what I want to know. I I do not know. I, I, had, <laughs> I had I had. Yeah, I had issues with that. So David makes one last like beck and call to the spirit of Billy to help him find Judith. And Billy's photo breaks on the floor. Why he has a photo of Billy in his grandmother's house, I don't know. Yeah, great question. I wondered that myself. And for some reason, I guess maybe there's a map in the broken glass or something. See, that it, was that, my thought too. I couldn't figure out what the point of that was. Because he has the knowledge. Like he's like, okay, I know where they are. So I don't know what happened, but I'm guessing when that glass broke, the knowledge of Billy, the limited knowledge of Billy, I, I don't know what happened, but somehow David knows where to go and goes basically, as we said before, like, or as I said before, like a streets of rage type of warehouse where he's just going through floors and floors of goons just to show off that that sweet sweet avadon style that, that pl- i'm oh, sorry go ahead oh yeah and that, that's like the, the the best showcase for martial arts in this movie like the rest of the movie is just him kicking ass and it's they really saved all the best scenes uh, they did these for the- are the best fights in the movie and the location is the best location in the movie it looks kind of it looks kind of cool. Like it looks like it doesn't necessarily look like you're in LA. It looks like you're in this kind of half completed structure that could be in the outskirts of a, of a Soviet base or a mountain retreat or something like it. It just looks different. It makes me wonder if they shot this first and wrote the movie to make sense of having this fight scene. Like there's a satellite yeah. dish, like a giant satellite dish at this place. Like I, I don't know what it was, but it was neat. No, everything about this scene, like it's like Jason said. I mean, the martial arts are fantastic. Avedon's uh, clearly just kind of showcasing his skill, and we see some pretty fun fights. Uh, the you know meat slapping sound of of the the hits are still there, and, yeah, and, the and three different sound effects. <laughs> but yeah, all, all the martial arts, and, and and I've said this numerous times through, especially the Abaddon movies, is the martial arts are indeed excellent. This movie showcases them the least, 
But when you do get them, and that's why I, I this is just a personal theory. I've read nothing to back this up. I feel like the movie was written for this scene and this scene alone, because even after this, it's he goes through the, the this um this gauntlet of dudes, and then I forgot to mention that uh the reason that uh Judith is taken is they they had absconded with uh Murphy too. Oh yeah, the Murphy's in there. They yeah. kidnapped Murphy. He's he's being hung up by some chains and being punched a lot. And so David finds Murphy and then I guess he fights Russ. I was a little unclear on that. Yeah, it uh yeah, Russ was taken down like fairly easily. Yeah, like and immediately then Tony yeah. was the end boss, which yeah, makes which, sense because Tony's the worst character in the movie. Yeah, and, and we, we it's established early on that Russell's a really good fighter, but I couldn't even tell that that's who who he was fighting in that that scene. Yeah, there was something weird about it where it was like, Oh yeah, is this the the main bad guy of the movie? Like it didn't have that feel to it. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I guess like you said, you know, Tony does take the, the role of the, the main bad guy, but we're, we're led the entire time that, you know, the top cat is Russ. Well, you know, Russ, we, Russ is the top cat, but, but Tony's the one that he's got the most. I, 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 I get that, but we just, we see his prowess as a fighter, you know, that weird scene when he like, he leans over to help a dude up and then spin kicks him instead um, when he was sparring at his, his palatial estate. And so, yeah, that, that, that re I mean, there's lots of things about this movie that bother me, but this, this really and truly just from a storytelling perspective really confused me to the degree that I didn't think that was actually Russ until the movie ended. Yeah, because, I have, because it, it had to be him because, yeah, he just never showed up again if it wasn't. Yeah, he exactly. He just doesn't look right. like himself in that scene for some reason. So he takes so we, we he takes the fight to Tony, who is has um, been taunting Judith with very horrible things that I will not repeat on this podcast yeah. because we try to keep it PG-13. One of the worst things ever said. I mean, I've, I've heard this yeah. this line used in movies before, but like, it's just it was so weird. The and it wasn't so something earned and just out of nowhere. Like yes, this. yeah, yeah. And so David comes in, forgets how to fight for a little bit once more, and then beats him with a baseball bat. Which I was like, all right, that's fine. And then like slow motion wheelbarrows Tony into a. Like a wall of like loose concrete blocks, which yeah, I, I I think it was supposed to be that he's so forceful and he's throwing him through this brick wall, but it just looked cheap and weird. I didn't like it. Yeah, like, yeah, the, the slow motion effect didn't work at all. And then and then Tony does the generic thing where okay, they think he's dead. They turn around. Oh, he's alive. He and then he just back. chokes him out. Yeah, and then he chokes him out like this really brutal like choking scene. And then it immediately cuts to happy music and a happy ending. It's so jarring. It this happens so much in this movie. Yeah, we cut to a scene with Judith getting her bandages removed. You know, a, a a weird scene that you just didn't need. Like that's that weird scene with the doctor is just odd. It's just odd. For for some reason, that focus on the doctor is so <laughs> bizarre. Like it's just. I don't know. The, the guy isn't an actor. It's like, okay, just stand here. That's all you need to do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And he, and, and it just makes him look creepy. 
it, and that the song that plays over the end credits probably not the maybe the only licensed song i don't know i can't imagine that that they commissioned it for this is titled why must this be and i, guess, I was asking that myself the entire movie <laughs> exactly yeah and it was like a 50s crooner ballad this time it wasn't as disco-y uh, yeah. yeah, and this this is right after they've you know written. Uh, Judith has written with Murphy and David to Billy, so she can b- visit Billy's grave for the first time uh, since she because before when the funeral she'd ever sight, so she wanted to actually see yeah. Billy's grave. And so so Judith and Judith and, and Murphy go off to the grave, and David just hangs out in the car. <laughs> Wax is poetic about how he's going to see Billy again someday. Yeah, there's like a voiceover as if he's writing a letter, but he's it's, not. He's just like, sitting there. What was it? I used to accept the world as the, with the way as the way it was, or something like that. It's it's. It, 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 I know you mean Drew. It's a, it's a weird. I didn't write that one down. So, but it's. No, I'll see you again someday. Yeah, that's that's how it ends. And man, <laughs> and then when it ends, he says that last line. He's like, "Billy, I'll see you again someday." And then there's this incredibly jarring cut to this high contrast credit screen where it just says set man. And then it has the person who was the set man. For the movie. Yeah. <laughs> which, which I watched a lot of those credits because those credits were so jarring. Did they credit any actors in those credits or was it just tech people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first, yeah, I, I don't even remember, but I um, like if there was actors, I'm sure they're, they're in there somewhere, but what? yeah, the, the first several are all these like, technical ones that you wouldn't think about like what is there a were set man jobs that were done poorly <laughs> yeah the, the person who got the sets the person who let them use their old warehouse or something maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah it's so on this show we we tend to try to always be positive which is why i've been kind of having fun with this movie but also for me if a movie entertains me i find that to be a positive experience and and this movie and all of the movies in the series have been very very entertaining and again genuinely have good martial arts like that's why these movies exist they're not they're not here to showcase amazing acting or uh fantastic storytelling these these movies purely exist to show off very cool martial arts and on 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 that level this movie while it does have that one very cool warehouse scene i think is is i would say the weakest of the five for sure i think yeah absolutely and and for it to come so soon after king of the kickboxers which is really the best of the of the lot it, it, it is definitely technically the best and i think martial arts wise because you have two marquee martial artists going at it it is definitely i would say probably the best of the series uh for for me my favorite like i said is is, is two but if i was to like be like objectively judging the martial arts which is the main selling point of these movies the first king of the kickboxers is definitely up there uh, followed by probably Blood Brothers because Blood Brothers has some really good choreographed fights. It does, yeah, yeah. Blood Brothers also has like you know it's not high budget, but it it gets higher budget than the previous movies, uh, which King of the Kickboxers one one ups a little bit. But then this movie loses all the budget. It's oh, I think the budget is oh, lower yeah, than the first the movie. The budget is is real real low. I mean, it, it's to the point where this the, you can't find a ton of information easily on the internet about this movie. All the other movies have Wikipedia pages and all sorts right. of links to things. This this movie's got none of that. 
Yeah, well, and what, what King of the Kickboxers Two does have is some of the most extreme, like unintentional comedy scenes out of any of the movies. And this time, it's all well, not all, but a lot of very hard R kind of awkward yes. dialogue moments and acting and weird cuts and things like that. So there's a lot of just straight up hilarious stuff happening. Um, but yeah, trigger warnings. There's a lot of really terrible. Oh yeah, this this yeah, movie. Throw that out there, yeah. I was not expecting that aspect. So, so uh, yeah, yeah. To echo that, uh, definitely some trigger warnings. And, and honestly, like, I, for me, like, I love bad movies. I always have. And the I would say the first four in this series are are bad in that kind of feel good way. Like, like I'm staying home for a sick from school. I'm gonna put this on. And I'm just. It's my comfort food. Yeah, like the fir- the first movie is. It's it's bootleg karate kid, but the fighting is better. Uh, yes, and and it's it's fun and it's it's bad, but it's it's entertaining, and you can find the goofiness in it. And some of the stuff in that movie is legitimately funny, whether they intended it to be or not. The, I will always the remember rap. <laughs> the rap. The rap and is amazing. The fat kid judging the new kid moving in. Eating a whole cake on the side of the road. <laughs> I forgot about the cake. Standing in broad daylight in suburbia. Yeah, <laughs> just incredible. It's it's great. To this day, our our former uh, Morgan co- uh, co-host and and still uh, Cosmic Crit co-host uh, quotes who peed in the pool because the the delivery of that line is a series hallmark. It's fantastic. Um, I I have. Because I get, I have seen that movie twice in the last couple of months. Because uh, oh, I made, wow. well, because I made my wife watch it before <laughs> we saw it for MST3K, and then I saw it again on MST3K. Little things like the the fat evil kid has a problem with RJ, but they never explain it. And all he says is he knows what he did. It's too complicated. I don't want to talk about it. I yeah, I I, I need I need that Fantastic. prequel. Fantastic. Uh, so, yeah. and, and so we have no retreat for a prequel. We have no retreat, no surrender too, which which has this this I sort love of that movie so much crazy zany story with this. <laughs> it's so wacky. With, with probably, I think this that one might have the. I mean, it's it's got the three main characters, which the rest of them just typically have the two main fighting characters, uh, and, and with with all the just the. The crazy stuff that happens there. Yeah, the got, number two is almost like an adventuring party, a little bit. It yeah, is for sure. Exactly. Uh, you've got three with the with the the, the the brothers, the action political story, and they're CIA agents, and there's a little more at stake because there's a presidential assassination. Well, no, they're not agents. Their father was. Well, I think one of them's an agent, isn't? Oh, the, you one know what? The, the one brother, because one brother is like a little punk kid wearing like, isn't he wearing the uh, Soviet uh, patch or something on his jean jacket? I can't remember. I think so. I think you're right about that. Yeah, Lauren Avedon is the like the punk, the punk kid who just cares more about martial arts and fighting, and his brother's like, why can't you just? knuckle down and 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 get a real job okay anyway uh, <laughs> then we have king of the kickboxers which just fighting nonstop, 
best location shoots because yeah. they did they did that stuff in Thailand. I guess no no retreat no surrender two did a bunch of stuff in Cambodia, but but it's it's in Thailand. You've got not just Avedon and Billy Blanks, but you've got all these like like local fighting people. Like if you're in the if you're in the circle, you knew who these people were, and and and. I think that's just because of the the directors and the 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 producers to to get all that happening, and then this one just drops the ball on so much of that. Yeah, it's uh, King of the Kickboxers one. It really kind of found the footing, and it almost justified you know this type of movie, you know, beyond making these movies for hardcore martial arts fans. Um, but then King of the Kickboxers two, it's just it's a massive downgrade and just a real piece of crap movie but still highly entertaining yes in, in I a mean, really unique way i mean yeah. if, if if i was like uh sitting with friends late night with some drinks i would still enjoy watching this movie but one through four i could probably watch anytime yeah i'd agree with that yeah for sure yeah one, one through four are all kind of on their own level and then this one and- you know it killed the franchise <laughs> well, yeah, it did. I I heard rumors of there's there's weird stuff with the no retreat, no surrender name uh, that I have not really been able to to tackle down. But I I will say I I am so so glad we were joking about finding like more Lauren Avedon movies and more martial arts movies to for Jason to watch with us because I have genuinely enjoyed not only just doing these episodes with you jason but like i i am so glad you have brought lauren avedon's filmography into my life because i truly truly enjoy these i make reference to these movies all the time and no one knows what the hell i'm talking about yeah, they're, they're so quotable like there's there's so many great quotable lines um yeah no i, I appreciate that i i watched the first one i think when i was like 17 and it's just, you know, I, I've been watching them semi-regularly since, and they're, they're they're so much fun to watch and introduce to people and see how they react. And uh, and nobody knows about them. They they seem to be like so underground. Yeah, I mean, and that's part of the charm because they they're you can kind of tell it's so so like I'm a big fan of professional wrestling, and there's some people who have not gone over yet that are part of certain indie uh, promotions that you're like, oh, they're good. But this level, like they're enjoyable. This is entertaining, but you cannot see them going further than what they're doing. And that is kind of what some of these movies are. Is like, I, I wouldn't expect Lord Avedon to be uh, starring in a movie that's starring that's, that's in multiplexes alongside like the rock, you know? I would love to see Lord Avedon and the rock co-star in uh, a movie. Oh, I God, would too. So good. <laughs> Wow, what a matchup that would be! I, I would absolutely love that. I mean, the, the probably the only way we're going to get it is if Lauren Avedon does stunt work in the Fast series, which is possible. But I don't think he's acted in a movie since 2015. Yeah, and and honestly, there is an alternate universe where The Rock's acting career didn't take off, and he did what most other professional wrestlers who try to get acting careers do and end up in movies star Marvel movies just like this. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I, I would love to see The Rock in like a low budget bad movie like this. Yeah, I would too because uh, well, Cena did that for a, a, a little bit, and I'd never thought he would go over with the the major crowd. But um, but I'm just saying, like Goldfinger has done uh, uh, not Goldfinger Goldberg Goldberg. Thank you. Wow, 
not the James Bond villain. Uh, uh, Goldberg, Goldberg actually <laughs> has really good comedic timing. He regularly appears on the Goldbergs on ABC. But That's if you <laughs> look back on... I don't, um, don't want to know more. He did uh, one of the Universal Soldier films with Van Damme at one point. I think. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, he that did. one. Yeah. Yeah, The Return. Yes, The Return. Uh, Hogan did several like <laughs> Z-list movies that were in theaters because he was in them, like Suburban Commando. Yeah. Oh, man, what a movie. Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny. There was Thunder in Paradise. A Thunder of Paradise was the the TV show where it was him and uh, it was he had the boat. It was a, it was yes. a speed boat. <laughs> I mean, there is. There, I mean, yes, yeah, but the, it's similar things. And I love when when wrestlers appear in, in some of these Z list movies because they're they're usually having a good time. They also because they don't they know how to fight. They don't need stuntmen. So you, like these martial artists, you can get just to watch them cut loose and. And that's what I love about watching these particular films because in a lot of martial arts films, especially now, you don't really see a lot of great martial arts. You see a lot of good blocking and you don't see anyone taking hits except for, well, until probably recently, Jackie Chan. You know, he's, he's old now, but Jackie Chan always took hits. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, there was a whole trend for a really long time. You still see a bit of it of just action scenes or just shaky camera. Yes, there's, there's no composition, and it's like, oh, look, there's action happening. We promise. Look how shaky it is. Yeah, so but it's, they, it's they just, never show it well. Yeah, it's just really refreshing to see like legitimate martial arts, and I think you know, even if you don't have a high tolerance for bad movies, I would I would say at least watch the actual martial arts scenes because they are legitimately impressive. It's just like watching, like I said at the top of the show, it's like watching skate tapes from the '90s, like. Just watch the cool stuff if you can't stomach bad movies. But if you can, if you're a fan of B cinema or cult films, you're I would I would track all these movies down. Uh, they're not difficult to find online. Uh, they are difficult to find on DVD. Yeah, and again, this is where I just want to say one last thing about this, and and I can't remember whether I said this at the top of the show or not, but Lauren Avedon himself has kind of disavowed this movie from his lexicon. He doesn't particularly enjoy it and doesn't really talk about it very much. But all most of these movies have really great fight scenes. This one doesn't. It has the one good one at the end, but the rest of them just, you see the seams, you see the, the pulled punches, because I think most of the people that are in these movies are not the quality of martial artists that Avedon himself is typically working with in any of the previous movies. Yeah. I, 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 pr- I would probably agree with that. Yeah, th- this movie's a bit of a, a black sheep, but it still fits in its own weird way. It's still very fun. It's still, I mean, like I said, I when I was making my notes, it was all with like a, just a little bit of loving sarcasm. Like, it's just... I know it's a bad movie, and it's a bad movie of bad movies. But yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, Jason. I, I I still I still got a weird soft spot for that this it's, kind of movie. It's got an odd charm to it, and and part of it is just knowing what we've been through. Like if this was the first one that we had watched, I don't yeah, think we, I would feel this way about it. Yeah, you would expect the rest to be worse than this one, and you wouldn't want to go there. It. Uh... Uh, the, the first four have like a pretty good arc. There's there's a 
consistent level of, of quality where the movies, you know, they aren't good, but it's like, you know, the martial arts is good. The acting is hilarious. There's a lot of unintentional comedy beats and they're all pretty consistent. And this one just gets a little more uneven and extreme, but still worth it in its own way. I mean, this yeah. is this is the movie of a thousand accents. This is the movie of wild. the movie of three sound effects. This is the movie that features a a background song that sounds like someone just very slightly choking. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a bad sound effect. That's not a good one or music track or whatever it is. Well, like I said, Jason, we are definitely going to have to like have a powwow at some point about another Avadon movie or, you know, even outside of Avadon, you don't have to just stick with him. I, w- I if you have another uh, ace up your sleeve, like no retreat, no surrender, I'd be down to watch it. I mean, you came, you came to us with this movie back, you know, three years ago saying, I loved this movie growing up. <laughs> I'm sure there's, that can't be the only movie you loved growing up. That's of this ilk. So uh, yeah. We got to find something else to to go through these because they are, are a treat, and it's honestly it's very rare to find other people who like these kind of martial arts movies. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll put some thought into that. I'll try and think of something that that makes sense and is the same kind of caliber. I like uh, I like terrible movies that are just really off the radar. Like uh, I don't know, Under Siege Two is a favorite. That could be a good one to talk. That's a that's a fun one. That's uh, that. that one is too popular now. We need we need lower budget, yeah. crappier, less known. Um, I sl- I know, that's, I, I that's, 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 that, that's the that's the punk rock in you talking. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. If, if it's too popular, I, I don't want anything that was it was from a major studio. You know, <laughs> all, all these all these sellout uh, major martial arts movies, you know, the, <laughs> the bottom of the barrel, the the worst stuff. Uh, well, Jason, I know you said uh, that you you have stuff uh, coming out in the future, and we're we're absolutely looking forward to that. But uh, for one last time, tell people how they can get a hold of you, because uh, we're definitely going to have you back. But just in case, always like to have people uh, kind of hawk their wares one last time. Yeah, sure. So uh, let's check out uh, jasonanarchygames.com or drinkingquest.com. They both lead to the same place. Uh, and there's just a list of all my funny games uh, that I have out and some games that I'm coming out with soon. Um, and, you know, each game's got its own kind of different comedy concepts. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun site to, to breeze through and, uh, you know, see a lot of the silly cards and stuff like that. And I, like I said earlier, I I love Jason's games. They're super fun to play. They're They're easy to learn and they're really, really engaging. I always kick his stuff and I would highly, highly recommend... You know, checking what he's got out. Um, I played a lot of Haiku Warrior. I've played Dragon Quest enough. I kind of hurt myself playing Dragon Quest. So I don't I- know. <laughs> sorry to I mean, that. it was a good hurt. It's just <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. Sometimes a lot of people uh, come by a convention the next day after I sold them a game, and they'll uh, they'll thank me for their horrible hangover. And there's just all these mixed feelings. Exactly. No, like I, I didn't actually hurt myself. I just meant like you know the next day I hurt myself. Um, but thank you so much for for coming back on the show and and walking through these films with us. And we are definitely going to have you back because this is just too fun. Well, yeah. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I've always been a fan of these movies, and uh, you know I've seen them multiple times, and I also quote them constantly. But the level of uh, dedication and research you guys put into these, I 
that no one has ever done this. So I, I really appreciate that. I mean, we we have a lot of fun, and we I mean, we're we're nerds. We get we get into this stuff. I mean, I've I made uh, Drew several years ago watch Surf Ninjas because that was one of oh, my yeah movies. I love that movie so much, and <laughs> uh, they 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 enjoyed the experience in a similar way that uh, with this movie, but I don't think they got the. That's why I, I can kind of feel you on like I I connect with this movie on a very weird level and I can't explain it. So I definitely I'm with you on that. All right. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll think of the next logical movie to to move this this series forward. We'll be looking for the next no retreat, no surrender. Yes. Uh, and Drew, how can people find us? If you would like to get in touch with us, and we would love to hear from you, our inbox is still very empty since we came back. TheMoreYouNerd at gmail.com. That's TheMoreYouNerd at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at TheMoreYouNerd and Facebook.com slash TheMoreYouNerd. So until next time, we will end the show like we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd out. out. Punch sound effect. Punch sound effect. Thank you.